Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast. My name is Eric. I am the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF21 Sports on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. And also, I got a Snapchat, guys. I, I snap a little bit now and then. How is everyone doing today? Can we believe it's December 5th? We are less than three weeks away from Christmas, and that is blowing my fucking mind. We are this close to motherfucking Christmas. Can anyone else believe that we are this close to fucking Christmas? It is insane. And my mom's birthday is on the 24th, Christmas Eve, and I have to do all the shopping in the world before But that is here nor there. Before I jump into today's show, I did want to give a special thanks to Gino Bacala for having me on his podcast, the That's What G Said podcast. Um, When was I on that? I was on that Thursday night. He dropped it yesterday. Guys, at Gino Bacala, go to his profile. Link to the podcast is there. Him and I talk about every game in week 13 in the NFL. Break it down. Talk a little gambling, talk a little fantasy, talk a little little everything in terms of football. Good listen if you bet sports or like fantasy. And it is greatly appreciated that he has allowed me to go on his platform and grow my platform. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Gino. We have a great episode for you today. I'm going to talk a little Broncos, talk a little Fat Matt, a.k.a. Matt Patricia getting fired. Going to jump into fantasy football starter sit questions. And give my review of the Wednesday game and talk a little NBA. So let's jump right into it. First thing I want to talk about is this Broncos situation. This is, this is how I am. I'm the type of guy you say, hey, you have 24 hours to do something. I'm going to get it done. Doesn't matter what the fuck it is. I'm going to compete and I'm going to find a way to motherfucking get that done. The fact that Vangio and Shermer did nothing If I was Elway that Monday, I would have gone into that office and said, look, guys, you're an embarrassment to the organization. You're an embarrassment to the city. You guys are fucking done. You're fucking done. That's what I would have done. He didn't do that, which blows my mind. And I look at it like this. You give me 24 hours. I would have done. I would have said, look, this is what Hilton can and can't do. And I would have started chopping plays from the playbook. Because the reality of the situation is Hilton's not going to memorize the whole playbook. I would have came up with 10 plays that best fit his strengths. Then I would have had five Wildcat variations with either Lindsey or Royce Freeman back there. Have it be motion from the right, motion from the left, pro, not pro, dive, Wildcat dive, handoff, you know, anything. Just five little variations. That would have been 15 plays. With the Broncos defense, 15 plays, and Taysom Hill playing quarterback for the Saints, they could have won that game, or at least would have made it competitive. But the fact they went out there and they just basically gave Hilton zero chances to succeed, that's all on Vangio and Shermer and show how bad of coaches they actually are. Speaking of bad coaches, uh, this wouldn't be a podcast of mine unless I talked about Fat Matt, a.k.a. Matt Patricia. Now, Patricia came in to Detroit, and when he came in, guys, I'm not going to lie. I thought Caldwell was great, but he couldn't get Detroit over the hump. 7-9, 9-7, made it to the playoffs, always lost the first round. That brutal game in, in Dallas where they should have won that game, but they had a bad call going against them. 
So I really felt that when they brought in Patricia, Patricia was going to be that guy that got him over the hill. That was my mindset. That is what I thought. Now, moving on, when he came in, I texted my buddy. I was like, oh, my God, I'm thrilled, blah, 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 blah. My buddy goes, I have a story for you. I'm like, okay, what? He goes, I'm at a Super Bowl party. And it was right after Patriots won. And there's a commotion at the door. I'm like, okay. They wouldn't let some guy in because they thought he was homeless. Who was that guy? That guy was Matt Patricia. That's red flag one. Name one NFL coach that is going to go to a party to celebrate a Super Bowl victory and look like a motherfucking homeless man. I'm here in my office right now. I have gray sweats on. A hat on and a white tee. There is, and I mean, this is about as down dressed. This is my normal wear when I'm lounging around the pad. But I don't motherfucking look homeless. I mean, you have to carry yourself so you look the part. You somewhat look the part. Look like a leader. That guy, and that's the thing. He did not look like a leader. And the fact that all these guys are coming out now and talking about how bad he was via social media shows shows me. How bad of a leader he actually was. So he is worse than I thought he was being a leader. Communicating. So my number one thing I want the Lions to do is, at first, I'm not going to lie, I wanted them to hire somebody that was an offensive mind. But the more and more I think about that, the person that they hire, what that person needs to be able to do is that person needs to be able to motherfucking communicate. If that person cannot communicate, then I don't want him. And this guy from the 49ers, Robert Sonny, everything that people are saying, Sherman, the defense and everything, they're talking about how he's a leader of men, can lead, can communicate. So I'm not going to lie, guys. I really wanted Joe Brady. But the more and more I think about it, I may have to be changing my tune here. I mean, it is a little worrisome that they could be hiring all these 49ers and it could basically just turn out to be San Francisco East like we were uh, New England Midwest. But at this point, I just want some guy in there that's going to communicate because Patricia could not communicate and it's showing by everything that's coming out right now. So that's what I think about the whole Patricia shining in terms of the Wednesday night, Wednesday afternoon game i wasn't gonna say wednesday night but you know hey you know gotta lay a christmas tree so it was wednesday afternoon so that game it was weird like it was pretty obvious to me that neither one of those teams wanted to be there with how uh minuscule the play calling was and how they just they just were looking like they're trying to run the ball and short passes and get out of dodge and not get anyone hurt and just didn't want to be there it was it was a real weird, weird game. And, you know, we hit Ravens plus the six and a half for the first half. The game bet had no, no business hitting, but it did. But that's part of the business, guys. Sometimes you bet a bet and it shouldn't hit and it hits. Sometimes you bet a game, it should hit and it doesn't hit. It's just part of the business. And, yeah, that game was really weird. In terms of the Steelers, I mean... Their run game is non-existent this year, and that's because their offensive line has been struggling. 
so what they're doing is they're doing a lot more short passes now, and that is basically their run game. So their run game isn't as good as I initially thought it was going to be to start the year. Offensive line, Pouncey got hurt, and that's going to be big for them moving forward because he was kind of the key to that offensive line. In terms of the defense, they have one of the best secondaries, if not the best secondary in the league. They did lose a pass rusher. I'm spacing on his name. I'm sorry, guys, to injury, which is going to hurt. But, I mean, they they cashed our plus 31 win in the north, basically, and we cashed our Ravens under 11.5. So, basically cashed two bets with that game, so that's good. In terms of the Ravens, no Lamar. But even with Lamar, guys, that offense has been struggling. Everyone basically has a playbook. And that's why people don't understand how truly difficult it is to be an offensive coordinator and an offensive play caller. Because the NFL, everyone in there is so strategic. Their knowledge of the game is so good. Everyone has statisticians where they're basically telling you stats say they're going to run this play. And when we are there and we say, oh, you should just do this. You should just do this. There's play design, run, run, play design, block design. There's all these elements that go into it. And when you see me call a game for a year, you basically know all my plays I'm going to be running. And that's basically what's going on in the Baltimore. Everything, they basically know everything Baltimore is going to be doing based on their play design from last year, and they have the blue book for it. So until Lamar shows he can really throw it, to the sideline. They're going to keep playing eight guys in the box and forcing Lamar to to beat you. And another thing, you know, we Lamar does get a lot of shit, but guys, who is their fucking best receiver? Willie motherfucking Sneed? We're talking Willie motherfucking Sneed is their best fucking wide receiver? That's who you're talking about to move the change? They signed Des Bryant off the fucking street. Guys, it's not fucking 2010. Des Bryant is not that good. He's not as good as he used to be. So we need to kind of stop that narrative too. So yeah, the Ravens are in a tough spot. So, but now let's jump into everyone's favorite part of this episode, our start sick questions. So the first fantasy football question we were asked was, and this one is juicy, Mitch Trubisky Mitch, the truth, or Matt Ryan? Here's the thing, guys. Mitch Trubisky, every game against the Lions, he has put up three touchdowns. I am going to have Mitch Trubisky in my lineup for the Millionaire Maker. After what happened last week, I don't trust Matt Ryan, especially with Julio banged up and Julio may not be playing. So I'm definitely going to be going with Matt. I'm Excuse me. I'm definitely going to be going with Mitch Trubisky. Next one, I same guy keeps on asking me every week, Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson? Guys, I'm the biggest Cam Akers believer. I think Cam Akers should be the RB1 in this backfield. More explosive, more talented, lock him in. Next one, we have Zach Moss or Benny Snell. I'm going to go with Benny Snell just because I believe Connor. Now, this is if Connor doesn't play. If Connor doesn't play, I'm going with Benny Snell. Zach Moss, he's still going to fight for touches with Singletary. And you can't, I mean, in the red zone, they don't give Moss enough touches. He should be the one getting the touches in the red zone, trying to rush the ball in. 
but it's always Allen on these quarterback-type runs. So I'll definitely go with Benny Snell. Next one, Latavius Murray or James Wright. I said on Geno's podcast, the only person right now in the Saints offense to trust is Latavius Murray. Because Taysom Hill, he cannot throw a ball, guys. He cannot throw a ball at all. So the run game is even more important. So I am definitely going to be going with Latavius Murray in that one. Next one, Burchard Perryman or Kiti Kute? Guys, I'm going to go with Kiti. I mean, who else is Watson going to throw the ball to? They only have three active wide receivers on that roster. Next one, Cole Beasley or Mike Williams. I'm going to go with Mike Williams. And the reason being is because Mike Williams is going to draw the better matchup. Gilmore is going to be covering Keenan Allen. And Beasley is going to be playing a lot more of the outside. And that means an uptick in the quality of cornerback that is going to be guarding him. Next one, Keenan Cole or Josh Reynolds? I'm going to go with Josh Reynolds. Reynolds played 98% of the snaps last week. And he's been averaging over six, what was it? Over 11 points per game, his last six games in terms of fantasy. Next one, God, how the mighty have fallen. Juju Smith or Jacoby Myers? I'm going to go with Jacoby. Jacoby has morphed into that wide receiver one. He's getting wide receiver one targets and catches with Cam under center. And guys, Juju is the third wide receiver here. Don't get it twisted. Juju's number three. Deontay Johnson's playing the Antonio Brown role in the offense, so he gets all the targets. Chase, Claypool's second, and Juju's dropped down to third. Christian Kirk or Debo? Ooh, another tough one. I'm going to go with Debo. I think that with Brandon Anute coming back, the defense of the Bills, which is better in terms of defending the pass, won't be able to focus as much energy on Debo, so I think that's going to help him greatly. I had a tight end question. The tight end question I had was either Zach Ertz or Trey Burton. I'm going to go with Ertz here. And why am I going to go with Ertz? Eagles need to score. He's their one of their best playmakers. I am going to definitely go with Ertz on that one. And Trey Burton, I mean, he's got more Allen Cox. He has... The man, the myth, the legend, Jack Doyle. He's just got people to compete with. Plus, another thing that you have to remember when you think about this is the Colts are playing the Texans. This game could get out of hand early and the Colts just just run the ball. Eagles are going to have to be competing and the, the game's going to be a score fest up in Lambeau. So that's why I really like the Zach Ertz in that game. Also, another one, Noah Flant. Or Kyle Rudolph. I'm just going to go with Rudolph here. I'm not going to try to outthink the room. Rudolph's got a great matchup. I'm not going to try to outthink it. So that's it, guys. Again, thanks. Thanks for sending in these fantasy football questions. Guys, I always love you guys taking the time, sending in these fantasy football questions, and it allows me to help you hopefully try to win a championship game. Now, some of you may not know this, but one of the perks of my services is every Sunday I send a nice little DFS breakdown. So if any of you DFS players want to get in on that, just please, you know, hit me up and let me know. And I'm going to have to take a second right now. And this wasn't part of it. Me and my guys, we're on K-State. We're on K-State plus 
seven and the money line. And they have given up 66 points to Texas. Texas in the deadest spots of deadest spots. Season basically over. Just lost to Iowa State. They have nothing to play for. Coach is a lame duck fucking coach. And this defensive coordinator couldn't construct a motherfucking defense to fucking keep them in check? I mean, oh my God. If I don't even... Mind-boggling to me. Mind-boggling. You can give up 66 points to Texas in this spot. I mean, legit, if I'm the head coach, I am walking over to him right now, patting him on the back, and saying, hey, bud, you're done. You're done. Looks like a rough start for me and my guys. We had Auburn. We had K-State. I mean, just turnover city, bad defenses, not, I mean, it just... The way I bet stuff is I look at spots and I look at numbers and I look kind of how the games are being played in terms of um, what teams do well and what teams do not do well. And the fact that K-State has given up 66 points to Texas is absolutely, positively fucking mind-boggling to me. Just fucking mind-boggling to me. Texas, I mean, we had Auburn. Texas A&M is a good team. You know, we can still get a backdoor cover here. But Jesus Christ, this this K-State one is just mind-boggling to me. But that's here or there. Let me jump into this John Wall trade, and I'll let you guys get on with your day. Uh, John Wall to Houston. Basically, what this does for the Rockets, it's the same thing. And you, you have two guys that need the ball in their hand to be effective. So how did that work last time? It didn't really fucking work. They need guys that are shooters, a big guy for a pick and roll, but adding in a John Wall, someone that needs the ball in his hands, just an awful trade in terms of the Rockets. Yeah, they added a pick. They do need some draft capital because they're shipping all their picks to OKC in that Chris Paul trade. But I'm just going to be honest, guys. This wasn't a great move for the Rockets, I know it does, you know, reunite John Wall with Boogie Cousins, but guys, this isn't the same Boogie Cousins. If this was the Boogie Cousins when he played with the Kings, oh yeah, I get it. Great move, you know, maybe win a playoff series with Boogie and John Wall together, but this Boogie leg injury after leg injury, John Wall hasn't played in two years. Yeah, this isn't going to work out that good for Houston. I doubt that Harden even finishes the season there. Then in terms of the trade for Washington, okay, you know, I'm a little intrigued now. Westwood is reunited with his coach, Scotty Brooks, which he had a good run with in OKC. You have Bradley Beal and Birkins that he can drive from the top of the key and dish to. Okay, I'm interested now. This team, yeah, Wizards, Wizards now are probably in the in the playoffs lose first round. And for Washington, that's pretty good. I really hope they don't trade Bradley Beal. I, I would like to see Briel stay there, but it wouldn't surprise me if he gets traded to a team like Miami or somehow, some way, LeBron pulls it off where he gets traded for picks because it's fucking LeBron and LeBron can seem to do anything. But that's kind of my thoughts for the, that. They just really, Washington improved and the Rockets didn't. And one more thing I want to touch on because I was DMing one of my boys on here and we're talking about units and everything. So, 
ways I can ways you can tell that a guy is a what what's the word I'm looking for is a fake. He doesn't bet his games, and he has no idea what he's talking about when it turns to selling picks and betting. Ten you play. Guys, nobody in their right minds using 10U plays. This is just insane. I, everything for me is usually, is always four or less. And I've had like a handful of four unit plays this year. A handful, maybe six, if that. So I see these guys who regularly are giving out 10 unit plays. You're a fraud. And you're not betting those games. Number two, 100 unit plays. Same thing. Who the fuck is betting 100 units on a fucking game? Third one, whale plays. Fourth one, buying points. Nobody who does this buys fucking points. Nobody. Next one, teasers. Those are the ways, like, if I when I see someone talking about gambling, or at least attempting to talk about gambling, and those are the, that's what they say. Those are the words they say. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. Like, you're basically telling me you're a fraud and you know shit without telling me you're a fraud and you know shit. So, but that's it for the podcast. Sorry, a little delayed. Stuff got a little weird here. Had to do something for the Love Jones. For all you young guys, that means the house and the repair took a little longer than I thought. So, this is dropping a little later. Rough start to the day in terms of college football. Looks like we're going to lose Auburn and K-State. But we're locked and loaded. we got a lot of plays going. We have one college basketball play, over 50 URROI in terms of college football, and over 20 URROI in terms of college basketball. NFL plays for tomorrow already been set. As soon as this is posted, guys, I will be jumping into the DFS slate, and I hopefully will look to get that out to you tomorrow, first thing, tonight, or first thing in the morning. Be safe. Wear your mask. And uh, I will talk to you guys Monday with the Reaction Monday episode.